Hi, my name is Jonathan. I am one of the pastors here at Heights, and we're so glad that you found us online. You know, at Heights, it is our desire to love and lead all people to a new life with Christ. And one of the ways that we strive to do that is by posting weekly content at all of the places, on Facebook and on YouTube, on Instagram. We even have our own website where we're constantly posting things as well. If you're checking us out for the first time, you can go to heightschurch.org connect and let us know that you found us. And once again, we're so glad that you're here. A Bible with you today. I'm going to invite you to open it, uh, whether electronically or a paper version, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is where we're going to be. We have been kind of in a series for a while now, just moving through the book. First Corinthians, and so if you're you're a guest with us, you're new with us. That's just kind of where we've been. We've been plugging through, uh, and today's actually a perfect day because Paul is introducing a new topic within the book on spiritual gifts. And over this next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts and chapters 12, 13, 14, how the Holy Spirit relates in that. Um, I'm not going to be able to answer all of those questions that you might have out there in a message on spiritual gifts in the time I have. Uh, so I welcome you. Uh, give me a call, shoot me an email, shoot me a text if you've got maybe a question about one of the verses that we go over, uh, because I know there's going to be a lot of questions as we get in the next couple of weeks on spiritual gifts and how all that works, and I won't be able to cover them all, uh, but I'd love to be able to sit down with you and drink a Dr. Pepper and answer any of those at any time, all right? So uh, let me know if you've got any questions on that. When you stop and think about what you just saw uh, and what you have heard this past week, you had close to 100 individuals every day. Some took time off of work uh, to be here on campus serving kids. Uh, David Bulls just prayed for us uh, and, and our high school students going off to camp next week. And so they're about tomorrow to leave uh, to go to Mississippi College and do mission projects, 13 of them with three adults. And again, some adults taking time off work uh, to go to serve. If you think about what happened already on campus this morning, many of you in some way, in some shape or form have already served someone today, whether it was the praise team, the media team, life group teachers, greeters. You've worked with kids at the nine o'clock hour. You have people overworking with the kids right now. Uh, assistant teachers, just all the things that have happened already on campus today where people have been serving. Let me ask you this question. Why? Why in the world would you do it? Why, why, why serve somebody? Why give up time, give up effort, give up energy? Why? Why do those type of things? You know, in the church of Corinth, Paul has been writing this letter, and he's constantly having to come to them and kind of adjust behaviors and attitudes. And here's one of the things that he is about to get into over the next several chapters. It's really this issue that's risen in the church over spiritual gifts. And what's happening is this, is a pride problem has creeped into the church of Corinth. And all of the issues that he addresses, you could get down to the very root of the issue, and the very root of the issue is a pride problem. And it's a pride problem among this. The members are saying, hey, it's me that's greater than we, that I'm the prominent one in here, I'm the most important one in here, that everybody else just exists for me, that, that I don't exist for them. And when that happens, what we've been saying in this series or in this part of the letter is when that kind of issue comes into a church, it comes into our lives individually, that begins to cause chaos. 
And when chaos happens, division happens. When division happens, disruption of the mission happens. And you stop and think about your own life. Same thing would happen, not only in a church, but in your life, where pride becomes the issue in your life, the the sin thing that you have to deal with the most, where you now start looking out at other people and you think, well, I'm better than them, and I'm better than them, and I'm better than them in this way and that way. And pride creeps up in you. Chaos happens in your life. Division now happens in a sense, in a way, where now that fellowship between you and the Lord is broken, because now you've got sin in your life that's unchecked in the form and the way of pride, and now you're not living out according to God's purposes. But what we've been saying through this series is even though in a world of chaos, no world of division, God always has a better way. That God's not a God of chaos, God's a God of order, and when we line up under his plan and we submit to him and his word, now we can start seeing that unity in our churches. We can start seeing a culture that's no longer divided, but coming together in our homes and in our lives as well. And so this morning, we're going to turn our attention to spiritual gifts, and we're going to start seeing this about spiritual gifts. And it's going to be on the screen for you in case you want to write it down. Here's why God gives us those spiritual gifts that you can use just like many of you have this morning. Many of you did through Vacation Bible School. It's this, spiritual gifts are given in order to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. That's why God gives them to you. That God's going to give each and every one of you as a disciple of Jesus a spiritual gift or many spiritual gifts so that you can take that and you can help someone feel the love of God and come to know the knowledge that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of their lives. So as we come into the passage, we're going to pick up in verse 1 and we're going to simply just start off and ask this question. What in the world are spiritual gifts? Because just like the church in Corinth, there's going to be some of you in here that know a lot about spiritual gifts and some of you in here that, that you just you don't know a whole lot about it at all, and that's okay. We're going to catch you up. Verse 1, the Apostle Paul says this, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. And that's why we just kind of go verse by verse here, because we want you to know the word. And this is what Paul's saying. He's saying, now concerning, all right, so chapter 11, we just left that whole Lord's Supper passage, and now he's kind of transitioning in a letter. He's like, okay, hey, I've heard this is a problem. All right, now concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be uninformed. I I want you to know about what spiritual gifts are. And again, I know some of you, you know a lot about it. Some of you, you you don't know a whole lot about it. I grew up going to church. Uh, I grew up not going to a Baptist church, grew up going to a Methodist church. Uh, And I don't say this disparagingly about where I grew up. I was really glad my parents gave me a basis of faith in my life. But I grew up going to church that we didn't talk about spiritual gifts. I, I mean, it just Church was never really mentioned about spiritual gifts. And then uh, early 20s, I become a believer in Jesus. I get baptized, start going to a Baptist church. And here's what I learned about Baptists right off the bat. You ready? They like to eat. I was like, man. <laughs> early 20s, single, broke, love that Baptist church. We had a lot of potlucks. But then I get there and I start coming, and the pastor starts talking about spiritual gifts a lot. Somebody leans over to me one day in church, and he's like, so what's your spiritual gift? And I'm looking, I'm like, whoa, whoa, hang on. We eat in this church, and I'm totally cool with that. And now we get gifts by coming? Like, did I miss the gift table in the back? Like, 
where do I pick the gift up? You know, and they're like, no, no, it's the spiritual gift. Also, it's nothing like I go home with and open later. Like, I was confused. And you know what? There's a lot of people in the church of Corinth that was really confused over what spiritual gifts were. So let's just kind of get a, a base definition down for spiritual gifts. And, and the best one that I found was from Wayne Grudem, who's a theologian. He says this, a spiritual gift is any ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry of the church. All right? So it's a, it's a spiritual gift. It's any ability empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry of the church. Now, if you take a scan of the New Testament letters, there are really six passages that are going to talk about spiritual gifts. And I think we've got those listed for you on the screen. I'm not going to read all those passages for you. Uh, you can screenshot that, write that down quickly. They're going to leave it up there for you so you can jot those down. But if you take a look this afternoon, just kind of read through all those verses, all those verses are going to talk about spiritual gifts. Now, Paul doesn't say in all those letters, hey, here's one unified list, all right? There's going to be some spiritual gifts that are going to overlap in those lists. There's going to be some he mentions in one part, some he doesn't mention in another part. We're going to leave that up on the screen for a moment, but just take your eyes and look in verses 8 through 10 in chapter 12, because here's one of the lists. He says, for one is given through the Spirit utterance of wisdom, to another utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of faith uh, by the same Spirit, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Verse 10, according to the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another ability to distinguish between the Spirit, so that's called discernment, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. All right, so in verses 8 through 10, he just kind of gives you a, a list there. So a spiritual gift is any ability empowered by the Holy Spirit that you use within the ministry of the church to help lovingly all people to a new life with Christ. So now that, that's, a, that's a spiritual gift, all right? But let's look at who gives us these spiritual gifts, all right? And, and who gets them. Drop down to verse 7, because in verse 7, the Apostle Paul says, here's who gets spiritual gifts. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So your translation may say, to each one, to each person, to each, to every man, is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. But who are the each one in verse 7? Who, who are those people in verse 7 that Paul's saying the Holy Spirit gives you spiritual gifts? Well, jump up to verses 2 and 3, because here's who gets spiritual gifts. He says in verse 2, you know that when we were pagans, we were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So here's who gets spiritual gifts. They are disciples of Jesus. Because verse 2, Paul's saying, listen, remember that you once were Gentiles or pagans, people who didn't worship Christ, now, verse 3, the Holy Spirit has led you to be able to say, not Jesus is a curse, but Jesus is Lord. Now I believe Jesus is Lord and my Savior, and that's birthed out of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, and now you're a disciple of Jesus. So in verse 7, you now, by the work of the Holy Spirit, are given spiritual gifts. 
Now, in giving of the spiritual gifts, everyone is a disciple of Jesus. You at least get one, right? Some of you have more than one. Some of you have, everybody gets one, but some of you get more than one. I believe over time, as you continue to mature as a believer in Christ, that the Holy Spirit may add to that list. He may change some of those things up in a way. And so we see what's happening is Paul is showing us that even though we are different in a lot of ways in our giftedness, the one who gives us the gifts is the same. Pick up in verse 4 with me. He says, there are a variety of gifts but the same Spirit. There's a variety of service, but the same Lord. Verse 6, he says, there's a variety of, the acti- of activities, but the same God who empowers them all. So remember, this, this is a church that's got the problem that's manifesting itself in spiritual gifts of a pride problem, of people saying, well, wait a minute, my gift is more important than your gift. And I've got these gifts, and you don't have those gifts, so I'm more important than you are. All right? And so that's caused division. When division comes in our lives and in our churches, it causes disruption in the mission that God's given us to go out, make disciples, love people, and lead them to Christ. But Paul's saying, wait a minute, guys, hang on. There's all kinds of variety of gifts, but the same Holy Spirit. All kinds of variety of activities, but the same Lord. And the word Lord there means Jesus in the Greek. There's all kinds of variety of activities, but the same God. So if you take the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, they're all the same. They're one in their essence. They're one in who they are, but they have different functioning roles among Father, Son, and Spirit. So we as a church, we're united in Christ. We worship the same God. We're saved by the same Savior in Jesus. We're indwelt by the same Spirit in the Holy Spirit. But now the Holy Spirit will gift us differently based on who God has created us to be. I like to think of it this way. This really helps me out. I'm not a bowler really at all in here. All right, I'll just openly admit to you, I cannot bowl. A good day bowling for me is if I break 100. All right? And if the bumpers are up. If the bumpers are up on lane four and Alvin Bolin, I am confident in that day, I will break 100, all right? That's the type of bowler I am. Now, if I'm bowling on lane four, I know this much about bowling. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I know this much. If I'm bowling on lane four and a guy comes next to me on lane five and he walks in with the designer bag, and his own shoes, and he pulls out of that bag his own custom ball, I know this, that guy can bowl, right? But have you ever stopped and thought about those bowlers who do that? They get their own ball custom made. You know what they're doing? They're custom making that bowling ball to the weight that fits them. They're custom making those holes to fit perfectly with their fingers. See, they're custom making that ball to help them be the most effective bowler that they can be. Now watch this. God has made you. 
God has saved you, and God now equips you through the work of the Holy Spirit with spiritual gifts, because he says, I'm customizing you to be the most effective Christian that you can be. So therefore, I know what you need, and I know your abilities, and I know what you can do better than what you can do, because I'm the one that made you. This verse was our verse in Vacation Bible School this week, and I, I absolutely love it. It's Ephesians 2.10. It's one of my favorite verses. For we are his workmanship. We are his masterpiece, is the word workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand, and he has laid them out so that we should walk in them. So when it comes to spiritual gifts, you have to stop and think, as a believer in Jesus Christ, God has made me, God has saved me, God through the work of the Holy Spirit is equipping me, God is preparing good works ahead of me, that all he's calling me to do is now to go out and to walk in them to do them. So the Holy Spirit gives us these gifts. These gifts are different gifts among us. That means this, I have different spiritual gifts than some of you. Some of you have different spiritual gifts than me. But then when we bring them all together as a church and we start living them out the way God has called us to live them out, now we are using those gifts to love and lead all people to a new life with Christ. So I want you to stop and think about these gifts for a moment. And think about now you've heard that the Holy Spirit is the one that gives them to you. I know some of you are already thinking this because you're looking at me that way again. And you stop and think, well, wait a minute. He may have made me. He may have saved me. He may equip me. But I don't know if he can call me to do what he's calling me to do. I mean, yeah, sure, he's given me spiritual gifts to do it. But I don't really know if he can do, you know, use me to really do what he's calling me to do. I want you to pick up in verse 11. Because in verse 11, here's what the apostle Paul says about the work of the Holy Spirit. He said, all of these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Right? So that means this, Holy Spirit is going to give you as a believer in Jesus at least one spiritual gift, may give you more than one, as he wills. Right? It's nothing you earn, it's nothing you sign up for. It's nothing you come to God and say, you know, God, I, I, you know, I, I really like the gift of faith. Will you give me the gift of faith? God's going to say, no, I've designed you. I've saved you. I know you. I'm going to equip you. I'm customizing you to be the best believer in Jesus that you can be. And I'm going to give you the spiritual gifts that I am designing for you in your life. It's by grace. It's nothing that you earn. I would not have picked the gift of preaching if I was given a choice, right? As a teenager, some of our teenagers can relate to this. I was a shy kid. I did not like people. I did not like being in front of people. Given the choice in history class, would you like an F on the report or give the book report? Lee was signing up for the F all day long. 
the age of 24, I was doing a job that I've wanted to do, that I loved to do. My dream was to be a college basketball coach, age of 24. I'd already had a couple of assistant coaching offers at some small colleges. I was on the way to do what I have thought I was always designed and wanted to do in my life. God came to me and said, you're going to be a pastor. No, I'm not. You're going to preach. No, I'm not. I don't know if you know this about me, God. I don't really like people. I don't like being in front of people. I, I don't like to talk in front of people. No way you're going to call me to be a pastor. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. You now see how that conversation went, didn't you? But here's what I had to learn. Here's what I have to always continue to keep learning because Lee's learning with along, along with you guys is when God comes and he calls, he's going to equip. And when he calls and he equips, he's waiting on you to say yes. And when you say yes to the calling and how he's equipping you, now he's going to empower you to do what he's calling you to do. You know, in your home, you may have the appliances that I have. I have a refrigerator, I have an air fryer, I have a microwave. You guys pretty much have those three appliances, refrigerator, air fryer, microwave. You know, that refrigerator's no good if it's not plugged in. It doesn't do anything. You know, the air fryer's no good if it doesn't plug in. It's not going to fry. You know, the microwave's not going to microwave if it's not plugged in. But you know what happens to that refrigerator when you plug it into a power source? Now that refrigerator starts refrigerating and starts cooling. If you plug the microwave into a power source, the microwave's going to microwave. If you plug the air fryer into a, a power source, the air fryer's going to fry. Why? Because it's now doing what it was designed to do when it's hooked up to the right power source. So as a believer in Jesus Christ, when you now identify the spiritual gifts the Holy Spirit has given you, you now have to say, this is my gifting, my calling to go love people and lead them to Christ, and Holy Spirit, you're my power source that now I'm plugging into. And when you plug into him and you submit to him, now the Holy Spirit says, all right, watch out, I'm going to use you. You know how he used you? Many of you this past week came and you served in vacation Bible school. You used your gift of giving by supporting VBS through your tithing. You used your gift of faith by praying for some of you in confidence the Lord was going to do a great work. Some of you used your gift of hospitality by serving food to workers and, and snow cones to kids. Some of you used your gift of serving, like I said, with our teenagers, many of them serving some of our children with special needs and sensory issues. Some of you used your gift of administration by helping with decorations and organization and at registration. Some of you used your gift of teaching by teaching the lessons to the kids each and every day. Do you want to know the outcome? Over 200 kids this past week heard the gospel and 19 of them became believers in Jesus Christ because we had believers around the room said, here's my spiritual gift. I'm going to use it plugging into the power search of the Holy Spirit, and now God said, watch what I'm going to do. Amen? Amen. So let me ask you, are you using your spiritual gift? Are you serving regularly in the life cycle of Heights Baptist Church? 
saying, God has made me, God has saved me, God has equipped me, God now use me to help love and lead all people to a new life with Christ? Or are you just on the sideline? How about this morning, you take what God's given you, you plug in to his church, and say, oh Lord, would you take this spiritual gift you've given me, would you help me to do it for the good of someone else, and the glorification of your name so that more and more people may feel the love of God and be led to the knowledge that Jesus is their Savior. I'm going to invite you. I want to thank you for joining us and watching today's message. And I want to just go over a quick story with you that's a really important story in the Bible, and it means a lot to me. It's about a man by the name of Nicodemus. See, Nicodemus was a guy who pretty much grew up going to church all his life. And one night he comes to Jesus, and it's late in the evening, and he sits down with Jesus, and he essentially asks him a question. Jesus, how do I go to heaven? How do I get into the kingdom of God? And Jesus responds in John chapter 3 that you have to be born again. Now, Nicodemus asks a very practical question. We all would think, well, how in the world can someone be physically born twice? But Jesus wasn't talking about a second physical birth. He's talking about a spiritual birth, that you have to be born again. See, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 that without Christ, our spirits are dead. And we're not able to worship God and love God and honor God. But then when we come to Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our lives, Jesus helps us to be born again. He gives us new birth and our spirits come alive. And so Ephesians chapter 2 again then says, Then by grace you have been saved. It's not a work of yourself. It's the work of Jesus in your life. But listen, that has to be received. You have to receive that gift of grace in your life and believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life. And simply put it this way, did Jesus do everything he possibly could do to save you on the cross? Or is there something else out there? Is he the only way or are there other ways? You know, the way to be saved is to say Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. And friend, when you place your faith and trust in Jesus and Jesus alone, Jesus forgives you of all your sin, past, present, and future. And when you die, one day he will take you to be with him in heaven. And so when you think about the wonderful promises of Jesus, I want to encourage you today, right where you are, to receive them and believe in him. And so if you are ready to do that today, let's just bow in prayer. And I'm going to encourage you in your heart today to mean these words because this is what God says, that when we believe in our hearts that Jesus has died on the cross for us, that we can be saved. So would you pray with me? You can simply say, Dear God, today I believe Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm placing my faith and trust in Him in Him alone. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin and one day taking me to heaven to be with you forever. Thank you, Jesus. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Friend, I want to thank you so much today for watching our message and encourage you, if you've prayed today to follow Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, please let us know so we can come alongside of you and encourage you, help you take your next step of faith, you can connect with us at our website, heightschurch.org connect. You can even leave a comment here on this YouTube page. And we'll be in touch with you because we want to just come alongside of you and help you take that next step of faith. So until next time, 
Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you soon.